Welcome to Rumors versus Facts, the UGA Sports Recruiting Show, where we try to uh, disseminate through all the rumors that are out there and actually give you factual information of what's going on. Uh, my name is Roddy DeBolsey. I'm joined by Lance Hurley and Jed May. Uh, we appreciate you joining us. We would we normally do this show Mondays at 8:30, but uh, we moved it today because Lance and Jed were really busy. So, I mean, they. Yeah. I guess I could have done it, you know, and then we would have had all those updates at UJSports.com or we'd have had them a day late, but we like to get that stuff out quick. We like to take care of our readers at UJ Sports. So, uh, but they've been doing crazy updates on the vault. There's a ton of visitors in there. Uh, before the game was over, Lance had a uh, photo gallery up uh, that was showed a lot of the top guys in it. Uh, then the next day, you know, starting that night, even though it was late night, uh, you guys started getting out uh, recruit reactions. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a better game for all the recruits to come see. I mean, top 10 matchup, and Georgia kicks ass on offense, defense, even special teams. I mean, even if there's a punter in that group, you know, or a kicker, or a long snapper, he's like, man, I got to be part of this team. But defensively, you saw Ole Miss rack up what, almost 200 yards in the first quarter. They were, they were moving. Then defense shut them down. That's enough of that. Offensively, yeah. 611 yards in 61 plays. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, Kirby has mentioned before, like from a coaching perspective, like noon games are really good for recruiting because you get the game done. You're you're wrapped up at 430 and um, you can spend time recruits after that. But other than that, like you said, it's it's perfect. You know, defensive recruits that I've talked to impressed by the defense, the coaching staff adjustments, um, you know, those kind of things to stop Ole Miss. Obviously, offensive players are you know 600 yards, the balance, the passing, you know, talking to receivers, talking to linemen, talking to. You know, all these guys, they're uh, very – I think guys had to be happy. Um, and then you've got the the uh, the crowd. You, you know, night games give you the chance, especially uh, after the time change to show off the lights, you know, the, the LED lights and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, you really couldn't draw it up uh, a whole lot better to get a huge, uh, talented group of guys in town. Lance, uh, I do recall seeing some former Georgia football players down there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Jordan Davis. I mean, I got a great picture of Nolan Smith kind of uh, kind of like hyping up and, and uh, you know, hugging some of his former teammates that were seniors that were, uh, you know, down there in the line ready to be called out for their last game. Um, Keely Ringo was there. Stetson was there. It was it was awesome to see uh, all of those guys. And it and it kind of talks about the culture that, you know, they're welcome back. And, you know, even. Exactly. Even Coach Rick was honored, um, I think, during some sometime during the first or second quarter. And, you know, you don't really don't see, you know, a lot of former head coaches come back after they were let go. And, and yeah. yeah, so just the, the relationships that Georgia and Kirby has kept over the last few years is just nothing short of amazing to see. Well, that's kind of my point. I'm not just, you know, celebrity gazing that those guys came back. But if you're a recruit and you see former first round draft picks coming back to their alma mater, jumping up and down with the guys that are coming out of the smoke, you know, they're they're into it. You know, they're rooting for them. Heck, some of them are recruiting. You know, mm-hmm. some of those former players are like, hey, buddy, I know you're class of 2026. It's going to be a few years before you get here. But let me tell you about what Georgia did for me, you know. Here's a lot of cash I'm sitting on because I went there. So I'm just saying it turned out to be a perfect weekend for recruiting. It's a, the weather sucked, all that. But I'm just saying it was 
wasn't a nip. And now here's the thing. If it had been a close game, Kirby could have turned that to his advantage and said, look, this would have been close if we had you as a member of our squad. So mm-hmm. win or lose. But this crowd goes absolutely berserk, you know, especially when they announced Brock Bowers as a starter, which you would have known if you read UJSports.com. But either here or there. But, but the, seeing a night game, and a true night game, not one of those uh, – 331 is the kind of lingers all night to the night game, but you know, dark right off the bat, mm-hmm. crowd going crazy, former players, plenty of time, as you said, to, to spend with the coaches. And that's just a big one. So, speaking of, let's look at, um, uh, hang on a second, let me add this. So, who all is there? And we have a list of UJ Sports with all the different, not all the people, but the vast, vast majority of them. You guys had a great list before they came in. But let's kind of uh, go through some names here. Talk, tell me about who they are. Yeah, well, you see Amari Adams on the <clears throat> on the front page there. Uh, he's a top 100 defensive tackle, class of 25, from South Carolina. He also visited for, I want to say it was the South Carolina game um, earlier this year. And he's, you know, he here on the field, like Lance, obviously, you're down there before the games and mm-hmm. all the recruits come down the stairs and go down to the field. Some guys – are in the locker room beforehand and they kind of come out a little bit before, um, you know, the rest of the guys come downstairs. Amari Adams was one of those guys on uh, Saturday night. He came out on the field a little early. I'm sure he got some quality time with, uh, with Trey Scott. So he's a guy to watch. And he says, you know, again, the, they really liked that They rotated the defensive line almost every drive. And some guys, you know, it's talked about our receiver a lot, you know, guys want to play a lot. They want to be on the field all the time. Um, but as far as rotating on the defensive line, that's a selling point. I guess one for a freshman, hey, you can work your way into the rotation. B, you're going to have a little more tread on your tires uh, when you get to the NFL. So uh, that was a big visit there for Amari Adams. Mm-hmm. Ryan Mosley is another guy um, who's a Carrollton wide receiver who I saw him and several other Carrollton players like sitting like second row, kind of like in the middle of the end zone with five-star, you know, 2026 QB uh, Juju Lewis, who's currently committed to uh, USC. Nice. What about this Hezekiah Harris guy? I, I love, I love the old name Hezekiah. Yeah, there was actually, uh, I believe Hez like uh, he's Kent uh, from Brunswick is also a Hezekiah, I think. So uh, <laughs> who? That's got to be a record for Hezekiah's in Athens at the one time. But um, you know, hey, well, maybe not like 130 years ago. Yeah, that Yale game in 1929 was big on uh, <laughs> was big on Hezekiah's, but um, you know they they that were looking at uh, Hezekiah Harris, and he you know what more you know you see Marvin Jones, you see Damon Wilson, uh, Damon Wilson in particular doing what he's doing as a freshman. I know um, you know this is kind of down the list a little bit, but Bryce Davis um, from North Carolina is like very impressed with Damon Wilson, Sam Pemba, uh, Marvin Jones, like I mentioned, so. Um, you know, good to get those guys involved, get some pressure on the quarterback. And, um, you know, Damon Wilson has like one play every game where he comes flying off the edge and uh, sometimes gets held and, and forces the ball to be thrown away or whatever. So uh, he's a good guy to point to to the younger guys for sure. Uh, you mentioned Julian Lewis earlier. I was scrolling down for him. And there's so many names on this, folks. I know if you're trying to pause and read it all because it's behind the paywall, just pay your 27 cents and join the site. It's 27 cents a day to be a member at UJSports.com. But Juju Lewis visiting again and says, the role and they look great. Coach Bobo has been dialing it up for weeks now was his comment. 
was he just coming to check out a good game, or do you think George's got any shot at pulling this kid out of away from USC? Now, granted, he's got two more years. He's a class of 2026, but this is an elite player. He's the number one yeah. player in the nation from Georgia. I mean, he's from Georgia, but he's number one. And I, if you talk to people, they're like, he's is that next Deshaun Watson, you know, type yeah. guy, just an absolute difference maker. But this isn't the first time he's visited. Yeah, I think I think so. And, um, you know, we we also confirmed that, you know, he he stuck around um, and uh, spent the spent the night in Athens and 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 had breakfast with the coaching staff. Uh, I think it was Coach Bobo. I don't know where they ate. Um, but, uh, you know, they you know, I think that, uh, you know, that relationship is uh, is kind of building. Um and I mean, he can change his commitment five or six times in the next two years. But, you know, it's always good to kind of keep uh, those in-state guys, especially at the quarterback position, um, you know, close rather than, you know, push them away, even though they're committed to uh, you know another school. And you never know what's going to happen at another school. You never know what's going to happen to this one. I mean, people were panicking that there was a, uh, a plane that landed at Ben Epps. You know, it's like, oh, it's going to College Station. It's taking uh, – which Georgia coach is going out there being looked at? I'm like, George, all the Georgia coaches are going to be looked at. Mike Bobo is putting up 40-something points a game, you know. Uh, just dropped a 50-burger on one of the best teams in the nation. It's, you know, Glenn Schumann is an absolute up-and-comer. Uh, guys that are committed to them, you know, they're looking to play for them. You, you don't know what's going to happen, especially when you get two more years to go. So uh, I agree with you. It doesn't hurt to have that guy hanging around and seeing those games, seeing that night game. The more you're out of place, sometimes the more you can see yourself there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when guys are committed for like a year and a half, they get a little bored and then go somewhere else. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, um, as folks, as you can see, if you're watching us, if you're listening to the podcast, you're not seeing all these names on there, but uh, let me back up a little bit, you know, you got uh, Braylon Womack, Anthony Jones, Jordan Allen, uh, the wide receiver from Buford, uh, LeBron Bauer. Really good. Yeah. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but he is really, really, really good. Can they pull a kid out of Allen, Texas? Uh, I've heard about LaDamian Guyton for a long time. I mean, Friday night. He's, he's ch- I, almost, I don't think a child, but class 2027, I'm already hearing about this guy forever. Absolute monster. I mean, Lance, you're going to see him Friday night at uh, Morgan County. He is a, yeah, a baller. Absolutely can't wait. So, wait, 2027 has got to be a true freshman, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, a true freshman. Like In high school, there's only freshmen. But, again, the people talk about him, and it's just uh, I'm hearing it everywhere. Uh, let's see. Who else you got in here? Trey Alexander, the uh, BYU commit. What's BYU commit doing him down here? Yeah, it was very interesting because Georgia um, – or he posted that he was visiting Athens on, I think, Thursday night maybe. And he's like, yeah, George has been in contact. They're looking at me at, you know, he says corner, but he, he could play either position. And, um, you know, Quincy Carter, he's, he's from Southwest DeKalb. Quincy Carter went to Southwest DeKalb. Um, and he said Quincy Carter, like, is a coach, is helping out coach the football team this year. So he's really close with Quincy Carter, which is kind of an interesting uh, wrinkle there. So um, Georgia hasn't, I don't think, offered – I don't believe so. Obviously, that's kind of the next step. But anytime you get a 2024 guy visiting this late in the process, exactly, uh, that's what definitely worth taking note of, especially when it's at a position that, um, you know, Georgia's still probably looking to add at least one more guy. So, 
that's one to watch. Like I'm sure they discussed his potential fit and, and all that kind of stuff uh, while he was in Athens. So, you know, I think the next week or two is going to be really interesting just to see if that Georgia offer does come. Um, and if it does, I mean, that could, I mean, he's got, I believe you want to scroll back up there, right? I think he's like six, six, one, six, two. Um, we got him at down there. Six, two, one sixty five. Yeah. So tall, skinny. Tall, yeah. So sounds like a corner to me. Um, so and I know Marcel. Give me any cornerback out of Southwest there, again. So, um, <laughs> yeah. That's one. I mean, he's not the biggest name on the board necessarily, but I'm ranking the most interesting visitors of the weekend. I think he's probably up there just because he's a guy yeah. that I honestly, to be honest with you, had never really heard of um, until he shows up on campus. So it's going to be interesting to see if anything comes of that over the next couple of weeks. That's why you only ranked him as a three star. Right, right. Three stars kind of my default, and then if I've heard of you, you know, we would kind of go up from there. So that Paul, that general, and uh, Cortez Smith, you know, the big uh, guard, big boy. Uh, he's always in Athens, dude. Always there. Yeah, he, he's always earlier there. this year, I asked him if he was visiting a game, and he was like, "Nah." People have told me I need to go to other places, so <laughs> I'm going to. I forget. I forget which game, Florida, maybe, but he, yeah, he is in Athens a lot. Uh, I. I, re- I like where George is at with him right now. That quote, the game was awesome as usual. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's He's been to so many. I just, like, I just he's always you. there. Practices, uh, spring practices, games. I mean, that dude lives in lives in Athens. It's just down the road, too. Yeah. Uh, defensive tackle Christian Garrett was in town out of uh, Prince Avenue. Remember? Another kid just down the road out of Monroe. He's a beast in the 25 class. Got no problem with bringing a uh, Prince Avenue kid over there. Although they did, uh, they always whipped my boys over to Athens Christian's tail. So kind of still a little mad at him about that. Uh, Dwayne Galloway uh, out of Columbus, Ohio. That's a long trip. Mm -hmm. I spoke, uh, I spoke with him on the phone. He had, um, he had a blast. He had a blast. Um, and he's another one of those kids that, you know, George is looking at, you know, down the, down the road, um, you know, in multiple different positions. Galloway, you know, Galloway had an update with our uh, national guy, Clint Cosgrove. And he said, yeah, Georgia is, is on top right now. Georgia's in, in the lead in my recruitment. So I didn't see that. Yeah. So, I mean, he's a 25 guy. Like I, he's not committing tomorrow. Like he got offered by Tennessee. I want to say yesterday. Um, so it, it, you know, and he was, you know, he's very excited about it. So he's been waiting on it for a long time. So still a ways to go. Um, but he's a guy that has kind of blown up this year, you know, with a really strong junior season. So his recruitment is still pretty early. But, um, you know, Georgia is, is in a good spot there early on. Right, maybe four-star, uh, good-looking kid, 6'1", 175 at corner. Tall, skinny guy. Yeah, about to say, tall, skinny guy. You know, Georgia loves him. And, of course, if he can, if he can move, then, you know, they'll really love him. Now, I know you got Marcellus Barnes on here, uh, but I want to hold him off because that to me is like maybe the most, I don't say the most fascinating visitor, but he is another one of those 2024 guys committed somewhere else that Georgia got in here. But we have a a whole breakout story on him, so we'll save him for a little bit later in the show. Uh, Ryan Mosley, this kid, I've heard his name pop up a couple times recently. Uh, Greg Smith put him on the the list. Yeah, shout out to our guy Greg, and he, you know, he's – Juju Lewis at Carrollton's got a group of really good receivers. Mosley is one. Uh, Caleb Odom, the Alabama commit, twenty-four, is you know like a receiver tight end, and um, that guy's a monster. Yeah. So 
There, there's a, a lot of – Juju Lewis is not a one-man show with Carrollton. No, no, no. He's those not. guys – I mean, Georgia hadn't offered Mosley. They hadn't offered Ward. Um, but those are guys definitely uh, to keep in mind for offers down the line. You know, show up in the spring, show up in the summer, work out, uh, and get an offer. And and listen, to be honest, that that wouldn't hurt uh, Georgia's case trying to get Ju- Julian Lewis down the line either. So, yeah. Um, That's not going to take one guy just mm-hmm. to land another – but um, you know those, those kind of things, uh, they don't they don't hurt. No, uh, I did see him at that uh, Carrollton game I covered. I for I trying to put the he didn't have his picture on there, so I was like, name. Mm-hmm. Oh, then I remembered his number. Got it. I had uh, Jaden Hamilton out of Southwest Mississippi Community College. There's another. Yes, there's three official visitors: uh, Jaden Hamlin, uh, junior college defensive lineman; Brian Taylor, junior college defensive lineman; and then Nasir Johnson. Um, uh, out of Dublin, uh, defensive lineman. So, um, Hamlin, you know, we, we haven't heard, um, you know, it's one of those, it, we always say, Rowdy, like, you're not going to have a bad official visit necessarily, but, but some visits don't really generate the traction that, that others do. Um, that's kind of the feeling we're getting with Hamlin coming out of this one. You know, Georgia didn't necessarily make a huge move. Um, so, out of that group of three defensive linemen, I'd probably put him third most likely to end up in Athens. Um, but with Brian Taylor on the on the flip side of the scale, uh, I think Georgia did a really good job with him this weekend, selling development, selling. You know, they, they kind of see him as a Michael Williams type, and you know that's kind of the vision. And he he bought into the, you know, he said if I if I were to commit to Georgia, I would know I'd be going there. I'm going to win. I'm going to get developed. I'm going to oh, get. You're going to have us. We got a whole story on him. We'll we'll pull it out and just yeah. 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 Uh, Elijah Griffin, same thing. You got a great story with him. Number one player in the nation. Again, number one, number one player in the nation from Georgia. So um, I'm seeing a theme here. The number one player currently is in Georgia for 2024. Three number one players in three different classes all in Athens this weekend. Absolutely insane. I'm going to be seeing Elijah Griffin on Friday night as well. As, uh, mm-hmm. in okay. Uh, we'll, we'll mention him again. Uh, Breon Taylor, same thing. You were just talking about him. Great. Uh, I'll break that out in just a second. Uh, Cameron Sparks. I know we got a, a big story coming up on him. Tell me a little about a little bit about Sparks, this six-four uh, athlete out of Chattanooga. So Sparks, um, I completely went into the interviews thinking that he's mainly just being recruited as a linebacker. And then I totally forgot. I was like, we have listed as an athlete at Rivals, and I was like, so you play receiver? And he was like, yeah. UGA and a lot of schools are actually recruiting me to play receiver more than um, than linebacker. And he has a unique relationship um, with the Muschamp family, Will Muschamp um, and Witt Muschamp, because he plays at the Baylor School in Chattanooga with Witt's um, Will Muschamp's son, who's committed to Vanderbilt. Uh, I don't know if they traveled to the game together. Uh, I believe they did, but I think – uh Witt is doing a good job of helping sell Cam to Georgia. And Cam basically said that Georgia is an NFL fact. I, I asked him, I was like, so, you know, what's Georgia's pitch to you? And he was like, Georgia doesn't have to pitch to me. Like, Georgia's just an NFL factory. Like, he was like, I love the coaches, love the atmosphere. And, I mean, I think, I think he told me he doesn't have like a top five, top ten, but he definitely says Georgia – will be in that top whatever number of schools when he releases it. 
Got like a uh, number 43 player in the nation, number four player in the state of Tennessee, the number one athlete in the nation. And he comes to Georgia and has quite the visit. Uh, it's pretty impressive. I mentioned some of the guys that we had breakout stories on. So let's uh, touch on a few of those. Uh, you were talking about Brian Taylor and uh, I'm, I'm with you. When I read his comments, I'm like, uh, he says, I don't know how to say it, but it's real different over there. There's a reason they're winning a lot. Mm-hmm. This kid sounds like he's ready to pop. I mean, yeah. And he I mean, just from the quotes, I mean, you can give me his tone or what was going, but he said all the right things. If you're uh, one of the Georgia coaches, you're going to be like, man, we got this kid. Yeah. And he, and again, he said, you know, I know I'm going to win. I know I'm going to be developed. And he, he mentioned something that not a lot of guys do. He says, I know there's going to be NFL scouts at practice all the time. So, um, and, and he mentioned too, like, hey, Amarius Mims, you know, granted, Amarius Mims probably isn't going to be there if, if Taylor commits and is there next year. But he's like, I want to go against Amarius Mims in practice. That is a first round draft pick that would be making me better. So um, that is like Georgia, that might as well be a Georgia coach talking like, you know, through Brian Taylor. So um, he is, like I mentioned earlier, he is that kind of defensive end. They see, he said the staff sees him anywhere from like a nine tech into a four eye. So kind of like Michael Williams. Um, mm-hmm. He's similar uh, size to Michael Williams. Um, I believe if we've got him, uh, if we've got his player card in there. So, um, and, and again, I've mentioned this before with defensive linemen, when you've got a guy that's six, six, two seventy. Yeah. So, so more or less Michael Williams. And, and when you've got one of these guys in the trenches, a 19, 20 year old guy is going to be more just physically developed than a 17, 18 year old guy. Now, does that mean Brian Taylor would, would definitely be contributing next year? No, but, but that's something you take into account with these junior college guys, especially ones, you know, offensive line, defensive line. Yeah, and Kirby's not going to waste a spot on somebody who doesn't think he can come in and play. Right. And I don't, I don't mean waste a spot. It's just – I was having this conversation earlier today. What Kirby's great at is roster management. Because he's a great recruiter, yes, but he's also good at uh, roster management because you have 25 guys drafted. You have however many guys, 19 go to the end of the portal. And you're sitting at ten and zero. Yep. You, uh, as we mentioned last week, you lost the um, number. You lost two top fifteen draft picks. Somebody just posted a, a mock draft. You had Brock Bowers and Amarius Mims out. You mentioned Amarius Mims. Georgia still didn't lose a game. Most teams can't say they have two top fifteen draft picks. Most teams, you know, can't say, "Oh, our." Our one top 15 guy was out. Georgia had both their guys out. They still won their games. And now Brock is back. Mims is too. And they look pretty good. They're going to go up to Tennessee and have. But he did, Kirby Smart did mention on Tuesday and Wednesday the number of NFL scouts that were there. Mm-hmm. So uh, Mr. Taylor here, he's like, yeah, you know, I see how many scouts I have. And that is a, that's, that's a big draw. Because you could be at a small school. And we always tell the kids at a small school, you know, the NFL will find you. Well, it's a lot easier to find you when uh, the scouts are coming to check out all your teammates. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, this was the one I really wanted to talk about. This is kind of why I was excited about doing the show. Virginia Tech commit, Marcellus Barnes Jr. Again, if you look at his quote, so we have a UJSports.com, you're like, it looks good for Georgia. I mean, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be a homer. I'm not trying to be Mr. Positive, but. I mean, it is what it is. Last week or a couple weeks ago, we were talking about how everything sucked. You know, all these guys were trending away for Georgia. But right now, 
Uh, I like this. Yesterday made a big impact on everything. My trip down there really changed a lot. What do you read into that, Jed? Yeah. Uh, well, one, if there's anyone in this world that isn't Mr. Positive, it's Robbie Mulsey. So let's let's get that cleared up first. Um, but with Marcellus, you know, he visited for the Kentucky game, and obviously that was still kind of in the wake of Peyton Woodyard decommitting. That was after Georgia missed on KJ Bolden. Um, and he was a guy who Georgia offered in the spring and he committed to Virginia Tech in the summer and, and things kind of fell off. Georgia stayed in contact and, and Lance is actually the one who did the interview. And he told Lance and he, he told me a few weeks ago when I went to go see him, yeah. Georgia's been very respectful of my commitment. They tell me Virginia Tech's a great school. They wish me the best wherever I go, but <laughs> they uh, they still want me in the class. So yeah. I think he could play corner or safety. You know, he he's played. He's actually a little bit like Demelo Jones and that he has played a lot of safety in his career and is playing more corner this year. So, mm. um, yeah, I mean, he really loves Fran Brown. He He's developed a really strong relationship with him. But to the part talking about changing a lot, it was he and his family sat down with Kirby Smart, and they were like, we really don't want you to leave. We want you to stay. We want you to talk. And they kind of pitched him on the vision of, of what Georgia could do for him, what Georgia could do uh, with him in the secondary. And, um, and yeah, I mean, Georgia is in a, in a good spot for him. You know, you talked about Trey Alexander and, and um, – you know, Georgia's working to flip him. I think Marcellus Barnes is probably more likely just because it seems like that relationship is farther along, you know, goes back a little bit farther. But, I mean, you look at his film here. He's not the biggest guy, but he will come up and hit you. He's got really good ball skills. I'm watching the film. Uh, Bang! He that plays like, right there. Jesus. He plays at uh, the Macaulay School in Chattanooga, which is, you know, it's a private school, but it is is serious. Uh, great a football there. That is a powerhouse program in Tennessee. So, um yeah, I mean, I think Georgia's got a really good shot at uh, <laughs> a flag. And I think, I mean, I wouldn't read too much into, you know, he's listed as a corner. Georgia doesn't need any more corners. I think it's you get defensive backs and and you figure out the uh, figure out the positions later. So, um, but yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, second game day visit. I know he's told me before he wants to, uh, you know let the high school season get done before he makes any final decisions, which they, their, yeah, their state championship games are actually the Thursday before the SEC championship. So uh, if they make it that far, so um, it could still be a couple weeks. Lance, I know we told you that he's going to sign early and he's trying to enroll early, but he's yeah. not sure you know, if the whole private school thing will work out. Yeah. There's like a weird thing with his school. Yeah. But I wanted, I wanted to go back to what you said right fast. In his first conversation with me, I I asked him. I was like, "So are they? So are they? You play defense. You play both corner and safety. What do they see you as? Like, what does Georgia see you as?" And he goes, "They they see me as both. And you know, at Georgia, if you're a defensive back, you have to play. You mm -hmm. have to know like every position. I mean, look at yep. I mean, look at Tyke Smith. Look at Javon Bullard. Um, and you know some of these other." DBs and he didn't have a problem with that. He was like, listen, I put me anywhere. Um, I'm, you know, if I go there, I'm ready. Yeah. I mean, you, uh, I do think that we always talk about cornerbacks and safeties. George is now recruiting guys as a star, you know, they're like, yeah, yeah. this is definitely a position that we need. Look how often Georgia has a star on the field. It's like, I mean, I mean I mean, Nick was, yeah, exactly. I mean, everyone's like, oh, Georgia runs the three. I mean, they really don't. They have the – it's – like you said, they got a star on the field all 
all the time. So, but you, and when you see a kid that can tackle like that, like Barnes does, that because that star is so often in run support. I'm just saying that's you saw why Javon was so good there last year, and then you know when he moved back to safety, Tyke Smith has been your leading tackler, or at least right at the top so so many times, and the evolution of him. It, people may not they may think of it as like the third cornerback, you know, or the the fifth mm-hmm. defensive back, but no, it's the NFL is putting a premium on the guys that can do that as well. So it's kind of yeah. fun to uh, see what he can do. Yeah, I, uh, I we kind of tease it with the number one guy, number one, num- number one guy, number one, the class of the class of twenty twenty five. Elijah Griffith comes back to town again. How many times is this trips to Athens is it for Elijah? I think it's like three. A lot. It's, I know it's a second game day visitor of the year for mm-hmm. sure. Him um, and St. Walker are like battling for who, who visits. Yeah. Who visits, who yeah. visits. Um, you know, and for a Savannah guy, you know, we saw Nolan Smith as the game day picker and, and all that kind of stuff. And that means oh, I didn't even think about that. You know, he and I, I asked him about it and he said, Yeah, it means a lot to see that kind of stuff because you think, hey, this isn't expected for guys from Savannah. Not everybody makes it out of Savannah. So I look at Nolan and think, you know, that can be me one day. Um, as far as others, you know, he's really close with Warren Brinson, another Savannah guy. I've actually said he's good friends with Warren's uh, sister. So there's that connection. Uh, I mean, Georgia was his first offer, I think, as an eighth grader. So that relationship with Trey Scott's been there for, what, three, four years now. So um, I don't know. There, there's a lot pointing in Georgia's uh, direction there. I mean, I think it's a lot of, you know, as I say, local, you know, Georgia, Clemson, uh South Carolina, he's very high on South Carolina, Shane Beamer's program over there. Um, but I don't know, man. I just, every time you talk to him, it's like Georgia feels like home. I, it feels like, you know, he, I think the, I can't, I forget how he phrased it to me the other day. Like, I feel comfortable there. Like, it's not strange to be there. So, yeah. Um, and he's a very, you know, you talk to him and he, similar to the way Nolan is, you know, Nolan was a, a Great guy, very high character. Always enjoyed interviewing. Elijah's kind of the same way. Like you would never know he he does not have an ego at all befitting of a uh, number one player in the country. So um, he definitely you know would be a locker room fit that kind of stuff. Um, he's a really good player. He's like a three tech. You know he could be like a Jalen Carter probably type of interior guy. And um, yeah, God, he looks like he looks like Mason Smith. Yeah. Yeah, he you know he said he wants to to take officials next spring and summer and probably commit before his senior season. And I just I would have I have a hard time envisioning him anywhere else but Georgia personally. I mean, obviously you know he could go to South Carolina. I wouldn't be shocked. He could even go to Clemson. I wouldn't be shocked. But I just there's so much pointing in Georgia's direction on this one that I I ultimately I would if I there's had to a a gas. Up. damn it you just ruined it. Yep, that's. I talked to a high school coach today um, that's going to face him this this uh, Friday, uh, and they said, you know, he's you know he's hard to stop. I mean, he lines up on one side; they've got Guyton on the other, and mm-hmm. you know, other guys. They just he's just dominant, and um, you know, he makes a lot of play. He makes a lot of plays, but he's you know he's also seems like pretty unselfish um, as well from some of the local Savannah people that I've talked to, too, kind of speaks to that, uh, you know, high motor, high character type kid that Jed was just talking about. Did I just see him pick up a guy and start carrying him backwards? Yeah. I mean, yeah. He's just – Yeah, watch this. Picks the guy up. 
He starts yeah. carrying. He's just carrying him. Kind of like Jalen like, Carter. Uh, Jalen Carter. Yeah, Jay I mean, you see where the uh, you see where the comparison comes in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's it's <laughs> nuts. It's I hate me, man. Yeah, that's that's why I love watching that. Um, this is a kid that you guys know. When I went to see him, I was very impressed with what he could do. Uh, I forgot to get out the video of him, but I'll do it. Uh, Jordan Allen. Buford kid. I know everyone starts rolling their eyes when we talk about Buford, but Georgia can go over a thousand on Buford kids. They will get some of them. Uh, kid's a great wide receiver, and uh, he saw Georgia guys getting a lot of passes. So tell me about Jordan Allen. Yeah, he's really good, man. Like he, every time you watch, like you go to Buford and you think, oh, Dylan Ryle is throwing all his passes to, to KJ Bolden, and and he does obviously, but but Jordan Allen is is also a standout on that team. Like he's a little bit like Sakobi White in twenty four class. He's not the biggest guy. Um, he's probably maybe a little bit. He, he, but you know, he's very fast. He's very, um, you know, shifty and and, and quick. Um, and I think, I mean, he he's got a close relationship with Brian McClendon, Montgomery Van Gorder, obviously being a Buford guy that uh, works in Georgia's favor. He's close with Jaden Perlotti, who's committed to Georgia, um, and just visited for the second week in a row. By the way, for everyone who uh, freaks I out, I thought he was going to decommit. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, I, I mean, I've got a story coming on him, but he's basically he's so adamant that he's like, I just like to travel. He, I, he, he likes having fun with the recruiting process. I think, but like the longer it goes, the more I think he ends up at Georgia. And just this whole thing is just, uh, you know, uh, generating excitement, I guess. But but with Jordan Allen, um, he's really good. He's got, a, like I said, strong relationship with McClendon. You know, everybody rolls their eyes at the Buford thing, like you said. I think working in Georgia's favor here is he's a little bit of a, I don't know, late bloomer, I guess. Like Buford's had so many of these guys who were just studs from, you know, eighth grade, ninth grade year. Jordan Allen's really kind of sort of blown up this year. Georgia was the first really, really big program to offer him. Like his biggest offers at the time were I think like Florida and Kansas state, I want to say, or something like that. So early belief means a lot to guys. And I think, um, you know, that could work in their favor with Jordan Allen. But yeah, uh, if you're a receiver, you're going to like, uh, you're going to like what you saw on Friday night or Saturday night. Love it. All right. Um, let's switch gears and get to some questions. Um, first one comes from uh, big fatty 94, who's a great supporter of our show and of our website. He says the top three uh, recruits left for Georgia committed and uncommitted. So top three guys left for Georgia kind of grabbing this class. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming recruits means uh, targets, I guess. So um, I would say Terrell Anderson from Grimsley, number one, the receiver, committed to NC State. I saw him Friday night. It was a very good-looking prospect. Georgia's, Georgia coaches are in contact all the time. Dylan Riola texts him every day. Uh, so, so Georgia is, um, you know, pushing hard there. Uh, Marcellus Barnes, who we've mentioned, um, a third flip target. Um, uh, KJ Bolden. Yeah, I mean, I guess I didn't. I didn't really want to say it, but um, the weekly yeah. KJ Bolden rumor. It's, uh, it's Nasir Johnson. Yeah. Johnson is uh, committed to Florida, Nasir so that Johnson. was the third one. Um, you know, just Georgia tries to get that one more three tech interior defensive line guy. Um, uncommitted. Uh, I guess Cam Michael. Um, Brian, Brian Taylor, I guess, uh, you know, Juco guy, but still uncommitted. And, uh, I mean, 
I don't know. There's there's not a lot left. There had there hasn't there hasn't been much left for a while. Um, I mean, you could throw Makai Boro in there, I guess. I, I don't think Georgia is as strong there as they were maybe at one point, but he's still a name to know, especially Makai Boro uh, from uh, from Creekside. Big big guy, big interior guy. Cam Michael, and who was the other one? Uh, Brian Taylor. Okay. So, um, you know, I think Boro might be more of a see how things shake out at other spots, how spots fill up. But, um, you know, as an uncommitted guy, he's, he's a name to keep an eye on for sure. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. You never know. We'll keep an eye on the uh, BYU kid, too, is that list. There. Absolutely. All right. Um, this is a good one from uh, Claremont. It says, the rumor is we'll be losing a ton of kids to the portal this year. Is this a culture issue? Bad locker room vibes? Some of the players who are not good enough to crack the rotation, mutual decisions, et cetera. Uh, who wants that one? Yeah. I mean, definitely not a culture issue, I don't think. I mean, you look at you look at last year. Look at all what Georgia lost. I mean, you've lost – they lost hell half their players in Nebraska, it seems like. But, I mean, it's it's just kind of, you know, addition by subtraction. You know, there's a Georgia stacked at every position, and you've got to be able to compete. So I definitely don't think it's a it's a culture issue. Um, you know, some guys also, you know, can't crack the rotation. I mean, look at uh, MJ Sherman, um, mm-hmm. who was an absolute stud in high school, who I think we spoke to like once last year. Um you know, after that, I was thinking that he was going to, you know, start getting some more playing time. But, you know, he just he just wasn't able to uh, to exact crack the rotation and get enough playing time. So I definitely don't think it's a culture issue. Um, I mean, that just happens all across college football, too, is is I mean, is, uh, you know, once the once the portal thing became more public. Uh, I mean, you see you see it a lot. And Kirby says that, that it's literally happens to every team. So. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, every transfer out is not a, you know, indicator of some sort of, you know, interior program rot from the inside, right? It, it just, you know, A.D. Mitchell wasn't a culture thing, you know, N.J. Sherman, it's it just, it happens in college football. Every team is going to lose guys. Um, you know, some of it is mutual decisions, and I think the Georgia staff does a good job of, of being honest with guys. You know, they meet with guys in the it, it's not in the off season like in december maybe between sec i mean kirby said they did some of that during the bye week you know hey we talked about guys where guys are at um and it just it's the way of college football you know if you're not cracking their rotation at georgia then maybe you go to a you know a, a nebraska lance like you mentioned or you go to a you know uh arizona state maybe you know it just you, you go somewhere where you're going to get more playing time. So we got Louisville, we got Arkansas. Um, you know, Don Blaylock went to Georgia Tech. Yeah, it just uh, it, it is what it is. So it, it goes both ways. Georgia brings in guys um, that they've played against, that they have relationships with in the past, and they lose guys for for one reason or another. So mm-hmm. and it and it also sometimes works out. I mean, look at Matt Landers at Arkansas. Mm-hmm. I think he caught maybe two touchdown passes versus the one that he caught here. I mean, it's just, that's not, that's a small sample size, but I mean, it's just more, sometimes they, you know, they just want to produce more and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, for AD Mitchell, he loved it at Georgia, but want to be close yeah. to his daughter. Uh, yeah. Bear wanted more playing time. Question. Singletary. Yeah. Uh, I was told he just didn't like practice at Georgia. I get it. So. It's not for uh, everyone. It is not for everyone. Uh, even Matt Rule in Nebraska said, you know, he had the, uh, uh, all the, 
NFL scouts came in and said, this is the second hardest practice we've seen in the, in the college ranks. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, being our room full of media members are like, well, who's, who's the toughest? And he goes, oh, George. He says, we'll catch up to them soon. And I don't think he meant that he'd catch up to them in like uh, the rankings or something like that, but he meant just meant in the intensity level of practice. And that intensity level drives some guys away. So I guess you could call that a, a culture issue or something like that, but it's usually playing time. I mean, was, uh, I mean, MJ Sherman had been at Georgia a long time. Yeah. It didn't work out for him. Rylan Gody had played some, but he wasn't going to play over uh, Oscar Delp or uh, Lawson Lucky. Right. Uh, Greg Scruggs. I didn't. Jacob Hood, did you see any of those guys played a lot for Georgia or in the no. future? No, I mean, they just, like I said, especially on that offensive line, this Georgia's yeah. so loaded. Um, and like Tresman Marshall worked out really well because he's played some good ball for Alabama. So, yeah. Uh, works for him. All right. Um, back to this one. I love this one from Blackshear UGA. How many Texas A&M kids do we take? All of them. Uh, <laughs> all right, now they've got the answer everybody wants to hear. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's no one's in the portal yet except for uh, Raymond Cottrell, who was committed to Georgia at one point. Funny yeah. enough, but um, I mean, you, you speculate the the to broadly cover the transfer portal stuff. Kirby has said we look for guys one we played against, like Dom Lovett last year towards Georgia before he got hurt. Rara Thomas George played against Mississippi State and or guys we've had relationships with uh, dating back to high school. So if you think Texas A&M, you know, Georgia recruited LT Overton very hard. They recruited Shamar Stewart very hard. Um, they recruited Walter Nolan. That one kind of, you know, faded out more so, you know, earlier on in the process. Um, I don't really remember Georgia being in it super hard with Evan Stewart. Uh, not to say they they – can go get him or wouldn't be interested. I just, I, I don't remember. Um, you know, Chase Basantis was an offensive lineman who Georgia was in it with till the end, who I think is starting for them at, at one of the, uh, one of the spots up front. So I think those are the criteria Kirby looks for, but again, the guy's got to enter the portal first. So, um, you know, I, no, I don't they don't. Hey, come on, you know, you know, before we, before we guess who's <laughs> going to go, we got to know who's in. So, um, you know, I don't like speculating on guys who are going to go in from Georgia or any other schools just because we don't know. Like, if you asked me last year at this time, I wouldn't have said A.D. Mitchell was going to leave. I wouldn't have said um, – uh, what's his name? Barry Alexander was going to leave. So Well, let's look at it this way, though. I, I just put all, pulled up their commitment list. So maybe you don't get a kid transfer out, but maybe yeah. someone who's currently committed that you could go steal. Yeah. So uh, I'm trying to look. It does. It feels completely different than it did a couple of years ago when they had that uh, rumored thirty million dollar class. And this is the number nine class in the nation, but it's just not as uh, five star heavy. There's not even one five star on here, uh, but there's some really good four stars. But it just doesn't feel like that. Uh, uh, the ridiculous last two classes they had for you know, uh, this is this is a great class. I mean, you, uh, Devon Gatling uh, from Alpharetta. Mm-hmm. We've covered him before. Uh, Jordan Lockhart, we've covered him before. Uh, a lot of names on here. Cam Coleman talked about him. Uh, I just I don't know where George 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 didn't have a lot of room left. No. Yeah, and I think you know Cam Coleman has been a guy for a couple of weeks. We've wondered, does George get him back on campus? That didn't happen. Um, I know Auburn's 
uh, in it pretty good trying to flip him. I believe Florida State is. I think he actually visited Florida State for the Miami game. Interesting. I think. Um, so, you know, that is one. But, I mean, again, it doesn't really seem like there's a whole lot of momentum there. Yeah. Uh, you know, pardon me, getting up getting up, up close and personal. I mean, Georgia nev- didn't really push hard for DeBron Gatling out of Milton. Um, and we covered it, but it didn't, you're right. It wasn't like, you know, they were in the running. Or I mean, they, there was a brief little window right when Brian McClendon got hired that it seemed like Georgia might have a little kick of momentum, but that quickly died. Um, so, yeah, I mean, not a ton of, of – uh, yeah, I don't see that happening. Unless somebody comes out of nowhere. And, again, I've mentioned it on the board a few times. That week in December between the – let's see, between like after the SEC championship is going to be interesting to see – what committed guys from elsewhere just pop up on campus because you can sneak into campus a lot easier when there's not a game going on. So if, if you're a commit that you didn't want, you know, didn't want photos and all these reports coming out about you, um, that that's the time to do it. So, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I just, I, I don't, I, to be honest, I don't know. I will say I don't know. But again, there are, there are a lot of guys on that roster that Georgia, recruited hard coming out of high school. So there's there's definitely some prior uh, relationships there. Yeah, and they, and they brought one in. They transferred. Smoke Bowie transferred in, and it didn't work yeah. out. Uh, from uh, Seabuck11, do you expect uh, Brian Taylor and Jaden Hamlet in this class? Um, I don't think Hamlet will be in the class. I uh, – yeah, sure. You know, I'll play along. I, th- I think Taylor ends up in the class. I think you can get Taylor – as your um, last five tech defensive end type, and then as your interior guy, you could get Nasir Johnson. You can maybe get Makai Boyro if that doesn't work out. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of there might there's a lot more um, you know other options you could go to maybe at interior than uh, at five tech. So yeah, I think they get Brian Taylor. Gotcha. Uh, from uh, Charlie G seventy five, any chance uh, Xavier will visit UGA before signing day? I mean, there was smoke. I feel like a few weeks ago that, you know, maybe th- things kind of shifted down downward Florida, like they kind of still are. But nah, I don't, I don't expect he. But he's one of those guys, like Jed mentioned, that could sneak in. You know. Yeah, and I mean, if Florida championship. I mean, if Florida loses to I don't know who they play this week, and then they got Florida State to end the year. So, I mean, if Florida loses out, I don't. They'll be six and six, maybe or five and seven. So. They, they played LSU yet? Yeah, they, yeah, they played LSU last week. So I mean, they could be. They, yeah, that real close game back and forth. But who do they got like, this week? It's a good. It's a good team. Maybe God, who do they play this week? Um, while I'm uh, clacking away here, um, so I mean, Florida could lose out from the Georgia game if they don't lose. Yeah, we mentioned game. that a few weeks ago. It was like a, uh, so they, they play at Missouri. They play at Missouri Saturday night. That's a loss. So you know, they're they're. In all I mean, likelihood, you know, I would I would pick Florida to lose both of these games. They'd be seven or five and seven, no bowl game for the first time in who knows how long at Florida. So there won't be a whole lot of uh, happy, sunny feelings, I would think, of Florida coming out of and, and listen, there, you know, something that's not talked about, there could be uh, uh staff changes. You know, if if, yeah. if whoever the DBs, I think Corey Raymond is in Florida, if he leaves, then then all bets are off. So um again that December period is going to be very interesting with coaching changes, guys sneaking onto campus, whatever. So, you know, 
it's it's definitely possible. I mean, the question was, is it possible? It's definitely possible. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, Georgia's been trying to get him, trying to get him. If they can finally convince him to get on campus, then uh, that's kind of the next step in the pursuit there. I would say, I would say before, if Barnes ends up flipping, do you think that they still take uh, Phil Samana, however you say his name? It's possible. it's possible for sure. I mean, you know, Kirby loves defensive backs. He's always talking about we don't have enough defensive backs, we need more numbers there. Um, so, yeah, I think that could be a guy you'd uh, you'd make some room for. Makes sense. All right. Uh, Brewdog08 says, which wide receiver target are you the most excited about considering the skill set and realistic chances they will choose George? Who is your uh, wide receiver target you'd be the most excited about? I mean, I'll, you know, I'll throw it out there since I saw him. Terrell Anderson from Grinsley um, really impressed me Friday night. Kirby Smart and company, I've compared him to George Pickens. Uh, he wears number one, which was kind of funny, but he just – there's something about the way he he moves or runs or, or – I can't put my finger on it, but it, it reminds me of Pickens too. Like his body control, I guess, is, is a good way to say it. So, um, you know, Trent has said on the show before, Georgia wants a big body. He's 6'3". He's probably – you know, 190, pushing 200 pounds. So it definitely fits the physical mold. And I think he could be a, you know, he's, I think, a three-star maybe. Um, but so I've, I kind of screwed that one up. But he's a guy that I think could be a contributor that, that Georgia kind of flips late. So um, I really like Trail Anderson. Georgia has prioritized him over the past couple months for a reason. Yeah. And I think they got a good shot at uh, at flipping him from NC State. I, I could have sworn you were going to say Sokovi. Oh, if we're, talking, if we're if we're talking if we're including commits in this, then yes, yeah, Sakobi White. I, yeah. I love Sakobi White. He's fantastic. I, don't, I yeah. thought we were just talking about targets. Yeah, Sakobi White's awesome. Yeah, he had a heck of a game this past Friday. And Dude, hey, look, with any any commit is still a target until That's they. True. That's true. Yeah, Sakobi White, dude is, <laughs> and he is is you know I've seen that dude just destroy people at seven on sevens at camps. Um, you know, he's, he's, and he's got that like dog mentality in him on the field too. Like he will go at you on the football field. Um, so yeah, I, I really like Scooby White a lot. Great kid. And, uh, and he's been committed for, I mean, over a year now and he's never really wavered at all. Like I don't even think he's taken another visit anywhere. And he, it's, it's, it's been locked in for a while with Scooby White. So Georgia's got a really good one there. And, I mean, I hate to do this, but well, I kind of really don't hate it. But uh, Rudog's questions, like you know, considering skill set and realistic chances, they will choose us. That's two things together. And if you can give me which one I'd be the most excited about, I'd put KJ Bolden back out there as a wide receiver prospect. He can, he's really, really good now. Skill set, huge chance he picks George, very small, but that still averages out as maybe the guy I'd be most excited about to see. And again, you never. I, I will never bet against Kirby on signing day. Yeah. I just – I won't do it. Uh, and again, I'm not saying you get KJ. He seems very committed to FSU. And FSU is they're, – they're coming hard for a lot of the Georgia commits. Uh, they're coming after Elias. They're coming after some other kids. I mean, they're – that's who they are. You know, they're they're good at it. And just like Georgia, Georgia sees somebody at Virginia Tech they want, they come after them. Uh, they, they know how to recruit down there. They're good at it, you know, and Georgia's good at keeping guys. So um, that's why that commitment is never – the recruitment is never over, mm. but the advantage if they've committed to you. So uh, I'll just mention him as a 
if I if I felt like he was still in the running, I'd be a lot more excited. But he's really, really good. Maybe I'm watching, probably watching too many uh, Dylan Rayola highlights. Uh, from GOPUGA, no names needed, but do you know of any 2024 high-ranked players who have quietly visited in the last few weeks or have told you they're planning to visit UGA soon and they are not current commits? And how many of our current commits will not sign with the dogs on signing day? Yeah, question one, I mean, not really, because, again, I think a lot of that is going to happen after the season because, again, you can just sneak in on, like, a Tuesday. Yeah if you want to and just, or even, I mean, even a Saturday and there's, there's no game, there's no press, no fanfare, whatever. And I'll uh, do it for a, uh, a practice. Can watch practice. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, so I haven't really heard, I mean, Marcellus Barnes like popped up kind of unannounced at the Kentucky game. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he told you Lance, he didn't really put out a whole lot of notice that he was showing up for the, uh, for the Ole Miss game either, but. I mean, he wanted to, he wanted to surprise the staff or some, some staff. Yeah, so um, haven't really heard a too too. Yeah, haven't really heard too much yet, but I can just about guarantee there's going to be some guys committed elsewhere that are going to show up between let's see December second and December twentieth. Yeah, so ask the question again in a couple of weeks. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and then anybody on this list you think does not sign with Georgia? I mean, would, would Nitro be? I know, I know they kind of went whatever storm. Yeah, know. I think Georgia has. There was a, there were some like rumblings about Nitro Tuggle there for a while. I think Georgia's gotten through it. You know, he's he visited two weekends in a row as well from yeah. Indiana. So that is, is noteworthy for sure. Um, I mean, history and, 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 you know, whatever would tell you that there might be, you know, a couple of late flips, but I mean, I don't really, no one guy stands out as really likely to flip. Um, you know, Jaden Riddell has listened to Missouri. That's like, that's, that was, was a phase that's passed. Um, loves UGA. You know, if you look yeah. at positions where there's a lot of depth, you know, there's three running backs. Does, does someone come get well, Phillips late? There's six offensive linemen committed. Yeah. Yeah. So would would you be shocked if five signed? No, not at all. Right. Not at all. You uh, and some of the other and the other thing is uh you this is the class you're about to sign. You're like, okay, let's put together your senior film. And you look at it and go, Hey, and I won't mention a kid because it'll get taken out of context, but hey, Mr. Four Star. We don't see you fitting in here. You, you, you're committed. We'll honor it. You can come, uh, and we, I've known them to do this. Say, look, uh, you, you made a commitment to us. We'll make a commitment to you. You mm -hmm. can come be here. But we don't expect you to get a lot of playing time. Because, like, wow, really? Okay. Um, I'll go somewhere else where I think I got a better shot. You know, and I would, you'd much rather know that now than get there. And they're like, yeah, we never really thought you'd start. So um, sometimes you, you look at their senior film, and you're like, you you didn't quite grow or you didn't quite progress or you're just not quite fitting what we're doing now. So that conversation can happen between now and then. I would think out of all the offensive linemen, would it be Marcus Harrison? Because I mean, it seems like some of the other guys have visited recently. I know I know that uh, Malachi Tolliver's in state has been there for has been. I've seen him at like three or four games. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you've got the kid. You've got the kid from Texas, Michael. Is it you, Uni? Uni. Uni. 
Um, now I've heard strong relationship and then, you know, Marcus, e- you know, I feel like they would favor Marcus easily. And, uh, you know, Daniel Calhoun, Daniel mm-hmm. Calhoun's definitely, I feel like a lock with Georgia for as many times yeah. as we've seen him this year. And I mean, he, he's how many times my year Daniels come down from New Jersey. Exactly. Exactly. I, I believe he's only been to one game this year. I can't recall which game it is. It's tough, you know, when you play on Friday night and some hey up there, they play on Saturday some. You know, yeah, we were seeing with uh, Ryan Pugliese. It's like my games are on Saturdays. So, uh, all right, last question, and then we'll um, wrap up the show here. Uh, from Space Pope Three, which twenty twenty five recruits uh, is UJ is, is U, Georgia in the best shape for as of now? Just give me one or two. Yeah, Zayden Walker for sure. Um, I mean, Cortez Smith. I mentioned earlier. Elijah Griffin. Yeah, Georgia's in very good shape with Elijah Griffin. Um, I would, I would say David Sanders, just from what I've, what I've heard from, from some people out of Charlotte, I know Roddy's going to see him Friday night, but, um, you know, he's been to a game this year. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, I think the, I think the reviews were, were glowing, um, after, after that visit. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good one. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, it's still early, but like it's, it's quickly coming into focus, especially, uh, once these guys sign, you know, most of this class is signing in December. So um, it's that 25 class is going to going to come into focus uh, very quickly. So, but yeah, Georgia in state, especially, I think could be a very strong class for Georgia in 2025. Uh, apparently our folks tell us that Georgia is ranked number one in the college football poll. Mm-hmm. Not shocked. No, not, not after that. Uh, uh, impressive performance this weekend again. Yeah. So if all, all these we started the show talking about all these guys who came in to visit Georgia this weekend, and then uh, they show up and uh, they see Georgia whip number nine Ole Miss. The offense shows out, the wide receivers show out, the tight ends show out, the quarterback does. Uh, running backs do their thing. Uh, defense. In, and here's the thing. What, what did you see on defense? It's a true freshman inside linebacker get named uh, yeah. SEP Freshman of the Week leads the team in tackles. You're like, they they let true freshmen play here. They're like, yeah, by the way, Michael Williams was a true freshman last year, you know? And so uh, Malachi Starks was as well. And they're like, wow, it, the best players get to play. And, you know, they were struggling. They were struggling. Then they shut them down. And they shut down that juggernaut offense. And then you, you're sitting there on your phone, you're scrolling, you're on TikTok or something. Hey, Georgia just moved up to number one. I was there. I saw this game. Now they're number one. You, again, I don't think the weekend could have gone better for Georgia. The only thing that's missing was some commits of maybe 2025, 2026 kids. But there were a lot of those there, and that is going to make a very strong impression. And every guy that you guys wrote about, and y'all did a fantastic job, you can tell that Georgia moved the needle in every one of them so far. So, yeah. Love it. There's a boy Foster Moss and uh, a damn beast media. We love it. Uh, Josh Moody and Richard S., Jimmy and Christy. Anyway, folks, uh, that's all the time we have for this week's show. We're going to – oh, man, we hit it right on <laughs> hit it right on an hour. I didn't even plan to go that far. Uh, it's good timing. Again, the, the list works out. Uh, we will be back hopefully next – got to make a decision about next Monday. That is uh, Thanksgiving week. We'll talk about it off the air. But more than likely, we'll be back next Monday at 8.30. But just remember, every week, recruiting, Georgia recruiting, rumors versus facts. 
8.30 on either this YouTube channel or this Facebook page. We'll see you then.